0: During COVID, I've been working with more college students than ever before, and also with recent grads and young professionals. I very much understand and appreciate that there is a lot of professional confusion and uncertainty in our world right now, and this inspired me to launch a Raising the Bar speaker series. My goal has been to invite smart, visionary industry leaders to discuss their insights and advice within their specific area of expertise. Any and all young adults were and are always welcome to join, and there is no fee. Each talk also includes a lively Q&A. I'm delighted to share this speaker series with you on my Career Whisperer podcast. I'm Sandy Golinkin, founder and CEO of Raising the Bar, and I want to welcome you to The Career Whisperer. I'm here to help you solidify your purpose, also spark your self-confidence, and help you achieve the highest standards of professional excellence. Now it is my great honor and privilege to introduce our guest speaker for tonight, Steve Laura Zillier, welcome, welcome. Steve is the president and founder of an amazing and meaningful and very impactful organization called Stoked. And Stoked has impacted over 10,000 children in LA and in New York since its inception. And one of the brilliant, brilliant aspects about Stoked is it's really based on mentorship and developing self-confidence and independence through non-traditional action sports. And I'm sure we'll hear more about that from Steve tonight. But the thing that I, I really wanted to take my hat off to Steve for is that I'm a very, very big believer that all of us need to be better listeners in life listening is an art it's a skill and i think what steve has done with stoked both figuratively and literally has really listened to young adults to figure out how to enhance their self-confidence how to enhance their com- their independence but also how to make them happy and joyful and productive And I'm a firm believer that a lot of this had to do with the fact that Steve was really understanding exactly who his audience was and the environment with which he was connecting with them. So Steve, I'm wowed, and I'm very proud to welcome you tonight, thank you.
1: Thank you, thanks for the warm, super warm, amazing introduction, that was awesome, thank you.
0: Steve, I wanted to begin by asking you If you could share with us a bit about you and the years that led up to your first job.
1: Yeah. So I grew up, uh, I'm first generation American, um, child of immigrants. Um, My family placed a lot of um, value on education. I learned through internships. So like, I remember being in college after fooling myself to believe that I was going to be a doctor and taking biology classes and not doing well at them at all and just like doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. I remember being in the history class and I was like, whoa, I can like read something and I can like talk about it. I was like, well, I really like talking about things and, and, ex- and exploring cultures and people. And I was just super interested in that. And I was like, you know, I was like, maybe I should study history. And people kept asking, what are you gonna do with a history degree? And, and and the one thing that I did learn in college, and I know that there's a lot of college graduates here, is like, it's like college is just society's way of like showing that you can start and finish something. Right. And it's the it's what you do while you're while you're outside of college that matters. I remember my uh, roommates just like, what are you gonna do for a summer? What are you gonna do for an internship? I was like, I don't know. But I remember seeing the radio station at my university. And so I took a radio class, like radio, and I ended up getting an internship at Sony Music. I showed up to the interview for, for the internship and I didn't show up with my resume. And I got schooled right then and there. But there was something in the person that was interviewing me that said, you know what? I'm going to put you at one of the best spots in... Sony for an internship. And that was where I spent my junior and senior year commuting from Long Island to New York City every day like I was a, like I was a professional on the Long Island Railroad and I'd get up at 4 a.m. to take the first train out from Stony Brook where I went to college and I would go to work in Manhattan. And that's where I got like my schooling. Like I learned how to like, I got coffee for rich people. I like deposited their checks, I made photocopies, all of the little things of like running a business, I got schooled by like the most powerful people in business and entertainment uh, at, a, at a pretty young age. And then from there, like when I graduated, you know, again, I thought a job was gonna come and uh, it didn't, so I had to like create it. I was a, a temp. Like companies, I would go to temp agencies. And so I started making 10, 12 bucks an hour. And every skill that I learned, I kept adding a dollar an hour. <laughs> and my hustle at the time was like, I'd work super hard and I'd take as many jobs as possible. And I knew that if I became friends with the people that were placing me, even if it was like a one, one day or two day or a week or a month assignment, if I became friends with them and I checked in with them all the time, and I became friends with them, they would always put me on the good jobs because I would always uh, make them look good. And that's what I did for about two years until I went traveling with my friend and I was in Copenhagen and I was in the, I would sneak into the, the University of Copenhagen's library and I would use their free internet. I went and I remember chatting with my friends online I'm like, man, this is great. I was like, they're busy at work and I'm busy living life. I was like, I think I want to work online. I was like, this is cool. The way we're communicating right now, I was like, this is cool. And so that's where I kind of channeled my focus. And I learned a lot about marketing through my internship. So I knew that I wanted to do like marketing and communications and online, you know, but it took me like two years to figure out what I really wanted to do.
0: And so... How soon was it after that that you conceived the idea of Stoked?
1: So my, after my first job, after, well, when I got my first job, I worked there for almost two years and I rose really fast because of internships, like, you know, right place, right time. My boss got fired. By the time she got fired at my, this first job, it was exceed. Um, I already knew how to run a department and I knew how to like build something. And so I was like 23 when I, when I was doing this. And then when, when you first asked, it was all about skills. I was just accumulating as much skills, skills, skills. And my skill that I was accumulating was like online marketing, digital marketing. And I was just like super passionate about it. I actually started to teach people. One of the people that I was teaching ended up being, being a woman that I used to intern for. And she was a few years older, maybe like five years older than me. And she was like, Steve, uh, what's going on with you and your career? I was like, Oh my God, thank you for coming to me. It was just like, I have all this stuff in my brain and I need to teach it to somebody. And so she used her connections and we used like my knowledge and I ended up leaving that company. So we started our own marketing firm at 24 years old. And we ran that for four years.
0: Wow. 24 years old.
1: Yeah. I know I'm not, it's not normal. It's probably normal these days, but like it's, you know, it wasn't normal back then.
0: I, I will say the more I talk to young adults recently, the more I hear how incredibly invaluable they can be when either starting their own gig or working for a company with all of the and adroitness they have with social media. And that's becoming exponentially more important with regards to marketing and communications.
1: It's really interesting. At the time, we were, so like I was part of like this small community of guerrilla marketers online. The branch that we call it was called Ninja Marketing. And so my first company, we called it Ninja Works. And our first company that I uh, was my client that paid the bills for a few years was Sony Music, the place that I interned for.
0: Wow.
1: I ran that for four years. 9-11 happened. You know, it took me a couple of years to even be able to articulate this, but like at the time, 9-11 was the way these times are right now, right? Like uncertainty, a little bit of sort of despair, chaos. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. Back then, at least I was actually talking to somebody back then, like, you kind of knew what the result was and it was like a war that we ended up entering. He was a little different, but like, I just started to question everything at the time. And maybe you guys, if you're listening, you're starting to question like, Whoa, what's, what's the point of all this, right? Like can't get a job or maybe like, or you're just trying to figure out what's happening. Like I had gotten to a point where the business was successful and I just saw that the, the economy was changing, like all of it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna lose everything. I'm not gonna, and, and I just, I was got depressed and I got anxiety and it just wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't healthy. I was just kind of searching for something and I don't know, I didn't know what I was searching for, but I remember being on the train going to my office and I remember seeing somebody writing a book. Well, he was, he was selling his book hand to hand on the subway and he came over to me. And if you're in New York City, and somebody says, Hey, do you want to buy something? The first thing he says, No, right? Like, you don't want to buy anything. And but he kept doing it. And he was like, Yeah, you want to buy this book that I wrote. And I just got super curious about him. So I followed him car to car. And we ended up getting off at the same stop. And I said, Hey, can you tell me about your book? And it didn't even matter what it was, I ended up buying the book. In my mind, I was like, Who's this guy that has the audacity to write his own book and sell it hand to hand on the subway? Whatever that is, that's what I want. And uh, so the book was called No More Prisons. And the book uh, talked about community activism, self-education, and this thing called mentoring. And I was just in love. He, the way he talked about his life, I was like, I want in. I want all of that. Like I want to give, I want to give a percentage of my salary to charity. I want to start businesses and organizations that like help people, you know, and the crazy thing is like, he talked about his first book, that book was called bomb the suburbs and he wrote it and he had a 15 year old girl edit it and he ended up selling 30,000 copies of that book, Wow! selling it hand to hand. And he built up this network all around the country of people that were just like him. And I was like, man, this is so awesome. And so I remember the feeling of like calling, I was like, man, I want a mentor. And the way he talked about mentoring, he said, I have 20 mentors. And I was like, that's what I want. So I called my friend, Jeff. Jeff was the richest guy that I knew at the time. I said, Jeff, I want you to be my mentor. And he was like, what's a mentor? And I said, (laughs) I want to have dinner with you once a month and I want to talk about life.
0: Oh, good. Networking, connecting.
1: Call, call the most successful person that you know, that you have a lot of profound respect for, mm-hmm. right? Their values align with yours. It's best if you have some sort of relationship or connection with them already. I, I started mentoring with my friend Jeff and then I Googled mentoring in New York City and then I started mentoring foster kids. At the same time, my business started to decline, and like, we started losing interest in that. The economy wasn't going good, and I made this grand declaration that I only want to work in things that make a difference. Wow. And then right after that, I started working at this nonprofit. I closed out my business, and I started working at the nonprofit. I worked there for a year. I helped them to recruit mentors and become this largest site-based mentoring program in New York City because like, literally my job was to sell mentoring. And then uh, I worked there for a year and I I went to a snowboard trip to British Columbia. And at the time I had a mentor, one of my mentors told me explore the things that you love and do it obsessively. So that was snowboarding. And I went snowboarding and I got to fulfill all my snowboard fantasies and dreams of being on really big mountains. And the last one of my last day and I was like, you know what? I really wish my mentee was here with me. And I was like, I should start a snowboard mentoring program. That was literally the next thought, and that's how I stoked started.
0: So you went back to New York and said, "I've got to start this because of." Yes.
1: I, I started telling people that I work with. I was, <laughs> it was the one thing in my life that I that I felt clear about. Like this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing.
0: Can you take us through a little bit more about how Stoked got going and how you got the traction and how you figured out about the combination of the mentoring and the action with regards to the non-traditional sports, making these young people fearless leaders.
1: So I knew how to put together, I knew conceptually how to put together a mentoring program. And then I had mentors. When somebody asks you, what do you do? Don't tell them what you did. Don't tell them what you're doing now. Tell them what you want to do. How I got traction was I remember sitting on the bench at the beach, looking at the ocean, and I saw this woman there, and this woman was sitting in my spot that I sit in all the time. I was like, man, what's this lady doing here? She said, what do you do? I didn't tell her what I did before. I didn't tell her what I was doing now. I told her, I'm starting a nonprofit program where we mentor kids uh, through snowboarding. She said, oh my God, I sat on a board of a nonprofit. I have a book for you. 20 minutes later, I walked to her house. She gives me a book, and the book is called How to Run a Nonprofit in the 21st Century. She got so excited by my idea, she sent me an email introduction to a guy. His name is Lula Lagata. Lula Lagata is a board consultant, and he agreed to mentor me for free. And he'd call, I'd have calls with him once a week, and he'd say, do this, 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 and this, and call me next week. And I'd say, okay, Lou told me to do it, so I'd do it. And then the next week I'd say, and he'd say, great, now that you did it. And the first thing he said was like, I believe that you can do this nonprofit. I believe in you. You will make it happen. I was like, wow, this guy doesn't even know me and he believes in me. I don't want to disappoint him. So I did everything he said and he literally guided, guided me to launching my nonprofit. And so how I got traction really was I called everybody that in my phone book I announced to the whole entire world that I was doing this. I, I do this all the time. It's called public social accountability. Tell the whole world of what you're going to do, do it. And then you build up credibility and people want to work with you. So that's what I did. And I called all of my friends um, and I started fundraising.
0: So Steve, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like two, of, two very important things are connecting and networking with smart people who can be an invaluable mentor and the other is declaring what you believe you are going to be doing as of the next minute because the more you declare it the more it will be real yes so i'm i'm assuming that a lot of both of those elements gave helped give birth to stoked yes and i'm wondering if you could share with us the good, the bad, and the wonderful of Stoked? And if, you, if there were any sort of regrets or what lessons learned?
1: So the good is, uh, I met my wife. We have three kids.
0: <laughs> That's a whole lot, of good.
1: There's, a whole there's lot ni- of good. There's nine babies in the world as a result of uh, adults that I have met at Stoked. I've gotten to travel the world. There are kids, or there are young people that have gotten their start in life as a result of it.
0: And and wouldn't it be fair to say, I, I saw a, a clip of a TV show you were on and they were interviewing a, a young girl, I'd say she was probably 12 or so, and she talked about how the experience of doing these sports that she'd never heard of, let alone done before, and being able to do them well not only made her feel self-confident, but they gave her a tremendous amount of happiness and joy. And I think when happiness and joy are inextricably linked to self-confidence, you have the power to give and receive so much more and learn at the same time.
1: Yeah. And
0: I I would assume that your organization, through the mentoring and the sports, is doing this on a daily basis.
1: When I think about like the long term, you don't start a nonprofit to make money, but you can and should make a good living. When you do something that's heart-centered, it'll be very easy to see who's in line with that.
0: I'm curious if you could share with us a little bit about the impact COVID has had on the organization and how you've handled that impact.
1: So we we had to let go of our part time staff. Um, our school programs stopped being in person. We have not done any of the sports programs. That's been truthfully very hard. That's been like because I'm a, like I'm a salesperson, right? Like I sell I sell stoked. I sell you know kids doing snowboarding, skateboarding, surfing, um, and so we've had to pivot a little bit. But within that pivot and and also too, the opportunities that are around right now are there's a lot i always look at like times of sort of crisis as an opportunity now especially with with the blm movement there's like a renewed interest in being able to like give back to to kids right like black and brown kids and we're going really back deep into mentoring, providing pathways for young people to find careers and mentors and and, uh, things that they're passionate about.
0: When you're mentoring now or coaching young adults who really want to make a meaningful difference in this country right now, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, would you suggest that they search out organizations like Stoked and see how they can help or mentor or, or give of their time. I'm just, I'm curious if you have sort of insight into how people can give more meaningfully right now. And so many want to do that.
1: You know, and I've talked to a lot of smart people. The one thing that they all say is that we should just all get educated ourselves. (laughs) Like that's before you go out and you start trying to help, like don't, because it's not going to be grounded and centered in a, uh, in a meaningful way, you know, for, for folks that want to get, I think it's just about like understanding, like, and I'm learning myself like all the time about, like, I'm reading this book called the color of law that talks about all of the systemic policies, uh, institutional, like systemic racist policies from housing to education. Like it's so deep. It's so deep. Um, and, and so, like, if you, under, if you truly understand what – and then you accumulate the language and you learn how to – like, because then then it, you'll come from a grounded place because if you go into a, to an organization like Stoked with, without even addressing some of these, you know, unconscious biases and it you're coming from your heart, it's just not – you're not going to be able to contribute at that level. And so – um, I think just right now it's about educating yourself. Um, there, there will be time. And then the other thing too, is that I found is that like, just support black institutions, support, you know, I've talked to a lot of white, more woke people than myself and they're saying just, just become more educated.
0: Because you know? Brilliant advice. Brilliant. Steve, I'd love you to talk if you would for a minute or two on hustle for good, please.
1: Yeah, so I came up with the, just the idea. It's just a name and an idea right now. And, and it's uh, my, my, my passion is really entrepreneurship. Hustle has been used to just like talk about like working super hard and like bleeding until you die while working, right? Like if you're going to do that, you should just do it to help other people. I'd like to help 10,000 entrepreneurs find their purpose, and I want to help. 10,000 entrepreneurs impact 10,000 people. I started a podcast and I interview people that I sort of respect and care about. And then I'm just like learning and applying the things that I learned to create little hustles of good for myself. So, you know, for instance, like, and I, in, and I incubate them at, at Stoke, and then I have other little side projects that I do, um, which I recommend highly recommend that everybody have a side hustle everybody have a hustle that that makes them money or builds up sort of social capital because i didn't even talk about like the opportunity gap the opportunity gap is the difference in life trajectory between low income and high income people and here's the thing is that we all have our own opportunity gaps we all and it's like this little lever and between the, the liberal and the conservative sort of think tanks, they all agree. They both agree, but they they, they, they disagree on to how it actually gets done. It's, it's about human capital, financial capital, social capital, and cultural capital. And all of those things add up to social mobility. So anyway, so that's why I'm all about like mentoring. I'm all about skills, right? I'm all about relationships. It's all, it's, those are... That's what like I'm so, like I'm I'm a little obsessed with that.
0: So we have a, we have a couple of questions for you um, from the group. Okay, this I think is the perfect wrap it up question because you've been very generous with your time. But I like this given the world we're living in right now and the ups and downs we're all having. Yeah, what keeps you motivated day to day? How do you overcome any feelings of inadequacy? I love that um, question whoever it was that, an- I love that
1: question i I love, love, love that question and here's here's what I do. I work out really, really, really hard. Find a thing that exhausts you so much, and let's say if you're into jogging and you have your last five minutes of your thirty minute run run really, really, really hard. The other thing is. Find some people that will motivate you no matter what and create an accountability group. I have a friend, my friend George, and we talk every morning at 8.30 for like mental health check-in. The other thing is journaling. I write down five things that I'm grateful for every single morning. And if I'm up for it, I talk about the, my wins for the day. I write down my wins for the day. And I've been doing that every day for five years. I am writing a book, and it's coming out next month, and it's called Life Purpose Secrets, 10 Ways to Find Meaning in Times of Uncertainty. And I, like, I just basically talked about some of the stuff that are in there, like, But anyway, I'm I'm just, I'm passionate about this work and I'm excited. Thank you so much, Sandy, for uh, inviting me to this community and to you. I really appreciate it.
0: You You are absolutely wonderful. I really cannot thank you enough. And it was very, very moving and very inspiring.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: The Career Whisperer is a podcast from Raising the Bar and is produced and edited by the ever amazing and fabulous Claire Frangiola. I'd also like to give a very important shout out to two very special people who've been enormously helpful and instrumental with the Raising the Bar Speaker Series, John Stafford and Anita Richmond. These two redefined being helpful and innovative and clever, and I cannot thank them enough. For more information about online classes and one-on-one career counseling, please visit RaisingTheBar123.com. I also hope you will subscribe to the podcast to stay tuned for future interviews.